This is Headshots, the psychology and gaming podcast with your hosts, Josue Cardona, an engineer-turned-mental-health and ed-tech guru, and psychologist and game scholar, Dr. Kelly Dunlap. So, Josue, I have a question for you. Shoot. If someone said, would you want your life to be a video game? Would you, would you agree? Would you take that blue pill? It's a loaded question. Uh, you know, uh, I, there's a couple books that I really like by Jay McGonigal, which kind of push us in that direction. But, so I'm going to say yes for the purpose of this conversation. Yes. All right. Well, you are in, in good company. The uh, CEO of EA, Electronic Arts, the game developer, he, uh, he predicts that by 2021, everybody's life will be a game. So, yeah, I mean, he he made an interesting comment. Like, I went over what he said again, and he talked about it being a discrete experience, and he compared it to music, which I thought was was a really good example. He said that music is just a part of his life now. He listens to it all the time, wherever he is. He takes it with him. and But it used to be that he had to go to a record store and pay money to buy an album that he wanted to listen to. And... And I kind of get what he's saying, that games are going to be more pervasive and more pervasive and be a part of your life. And sometimes you'll be playing when you're not playing or, or what, like just living your life. And, and there's, a, there's plenty of examples of that right now. Right. And just for context, uh, what Josue and I are talking about is an article that The Verge produced uh, where Chris Plant, the author, interviewed Andrew Wilson, the CEO of EA, uh, basically about the, the future of games what what the future of gaming holds and i don't know i had a lot of different feelings about this article i felt pulled in a lot of different directions as a game player as a game designer as a game studies academic wonk nerd type person so uh, Jose, what did what why did you pick this article what spoke t- to you um about this piece So, you know, something we do in the background is that we usually have more than one article, right? Like if I see a trend in in the news, then, then, you know, it it looks like something we could talk about. So when I I shared this article, I shared it simultaneously with another article that talked about a gaming company that was integrating a Fitbit into giving you essentially bonus points for the digital game by doing exercise. So I thought, wow, that's a perfect example of what this guy is, is saying that will happen, you know, by 2021. But it's, it's happening right now. And so I, I started to see the, the potential. And I mean, Pokemon Go is, is like a really good example of that lately where a lot of people did that, you know, especially if you bought the, the attachment, the, the plus uh, attachment, you're, you don't even have to open the app and you're still playing the game. And I can see that happening more and more. And actually, I have a few more examples, but, but that's why I saw it, because the more I thought about it, the more I saw it as, a, as potentially happening. Mm-hmm. So that's why I brought it up. Yeah, I mean, part of my, my difficulty comes from in the, this nice long piece by The Verge, uh, Andrew Wilson talks about how you know, there's, your refrigerator is going to be smart connected, which I totally agree. Your refrigerator in 2021 probably will have internet access and whatnot. And that's a, a screen where you can play the game. And then, you know, it, basically the games are going to go beyond consoles and even tablets and, and mobile, that they're just going to be on every storefront and just 
really integrated into your life in an almost inescapable way. And that's kind of where I have my first disagreement uh, with him. And again, this could be just be a total wonky game thing. But to me, games are, or at least maybe not even games, but play especially, and probably games are a step away from reality. They're kind of this place where you go to get away from the mundane. So this idea that they're going to be ever present didn't really ring that accurate to me just because oh, it's so hard to put into words. Like you, you have to choose to play a game. It has to be a voluntary endeavor. I mean, that, that's one of the definitions of a game is engaging voluntarily in, in this act. Otherwise, it's work or a task. So uh, reading the article, I wasn't sure whether he was saying this is something that's going to be there whether you want it or not. Or this is something that you're going to be able to pick and choose the integrations that you're looking for. And I, I'm wondering what you what you thought, because I read it both ways and one made me a lot less comfortable than the other. Well, there's a lot of potential for uh, not good stuff, right? Like stuff that doesn't uh, get me excited. But the and, and there's also there's a very clear um agenda on the side of the, let's say EA, for example, right? Um, If EA wanted you to, I don't know, buy a specific product, right? Like they wanted you to buy Coke over Pepsi and they made a deal with Coke to give you bonus points in The Sims or in Battlefield, I don't know, right? Um, They could do that kind of thing. And then, and that just doesn't seem great, right? But the 2K, uh, NBA 2K17 example, which is that if you do 10,000 steps a day with your Fitbit and your Fitbit account is connected to the game, when you log in that day, you'll have a bonus for your, for your, on your My Player stats. So now, 2K's agenda seems to be, oh, we want people to exercise more and we will give them a bonus in the game, right? So those are still two very different things, but you can start to see them closer together. Like, well, if I take the long way home, when I play, my game my game experience will be a little better. Mm-hmm. So there is this, there, there can be a very intentional purpose to to this kind of enhanced gameplay, right? You might feel like you're actually doing something for NBA 2K17, even though you're you're not, you're just living your life. And, you know, I think that a lot of people are going to try this kind of thing. And we see that in, again, a lot of marketing and advertising does this kind of thing, frequent flyer miles, you know, you start making decisions and, and that's kind of like a game, right? But once you're bringing it into actual games... Um, the, the extreme version of this is in the novel Ready Player One. Like, this is what I thought of. There, everybody kind of lives out their lives inside the Oasis, which is an, an online world. So even though you live in the real world, you go to school and you work and you meet with your friends in the Oasis. And in the Oasis, there's a currency. Like the, the currency, like the money that everybody uses for everything is the same that you would use to buy something in that digital school where you're where you're actually learning and it's the same that you would use to buy armor for raiding that night and and it kind of blends together and and those are actually the terms that that the CEO used um, in that article he said you know i think there's going to we're going to start to see games and real life blending see i, I maybe that's one of the reasons i was rubbed the wrong way by this article is 
it's already blended. I mean, this idea that games exist in the pervasive physical space with us is not anything new at all. I instantly thought of the McDonald's Monopoly game. I mean, that's been around for a really long time. Your crossword puzzle in your daily newspaper. I mean, these the, the entire sports section of a newspaper. Games are everywhere. And so this idea that they're just magically going to become even more integrated into our lives, I think is a bit, I don't know, grandiose uh, on, on his part. They, I agree with the idea that it might be, you're going to have to do less work to get them. You know, maybe instead of going out and actually getting the newspaper to do your crossword, you can pull it up on your computer at home. But again, I don't I don't feel like there was anything new that he that he was saying. And so maybe that's maybe that's where I'm getting my hesitancy from is, you know, he's he's kind of future casting this brave new world. And that always makes you suspicious when that brave new world is kind of almost exactly like the one that we're that we've just come from. If, but yeah, like the, the idea of pervasive games is not. Or I'm even using that term incorrectly. I'm sorry. Games taking place in the physical world or having impact on your your physical well being is nothing new. Uh, I, see the example of the crossword puzzle. The crossword puzzle is just the crossword puzzle. It doesn't. When you finish a crossword puzzle, it doesn't give you anything in anywhere else. And there isn't necessarily something you can do on the way home or at work that would help you with the crossword puzzle itself. Other than, you know, just like learning vocabulary. Like it's still disconnected. That's just a game. Like the, the idea of the Fitbit or, you know, a few years back, the it was Pokemon um, Heart Gold and Soul Silver came with a Pokewalker, right? It was a pedometer and you would put it on and you would walk. And as you walked during the day, you would get steps. And then when you came back to your game, you would sync it up through an infrared port because this was a few years ago. And it would... It would tally the steps and give you different bonuses, right, inside the game. And see, that's like two completely different experiences that are blending together. You could just have a pedometer and you could just have your Pokemon game, but now you have a Pokemon pedometer and it's coming together, giving you an enhanced something, right? It's giving you a a bonus, but there could be games like, oh, there's a, I forgot that there's an RPG on a DS that had a solar um like a like a solar cell on the back and then the idea was that you would go outside and power up your your like your magic was powered by the sun so you had to go outside and charge it to then go ahead and and be able to have power in the game right so that's something that is no other game is very few games force you to do something else to be able to do something in the game right and if that were optional Again, it's like the Fitbit thing. So, I mean, I, I see what he's what he's saying, that there are possibilities for this. One weird thing that happened uh, to me yesterday was I was watching the Capcom Cup, the, the Street Fighter V tournament, and it was a modified version of, of Twitch. And I don't, know, I don't know if you've ever seen this or if you've, you've ever done anything like this, but there were quests on the, on the right-hand side of the screen. You ever seen this? No, I haven't. So it's, it's, it's on Twitch, but I go in and there's a quest to sign in with your PlayStation account. So I did. 
And then it had these different quests, and it said, "Hey, if you share the stream on on Facebook, we'll give you 250 fight money. And if you do this on Twitter, we'll give you fight money. And if you watch for this many minutes, we'll give you more fight money. And fight money is the currency that you earn inside Street Fighter V to uh, buy more characters and and skins. So I was like, okay, wait a minute. So I'm watching the tournament and." playing these quests, right, which are named quests, and I completed all of them, so now I have, I don't know, like 2,000 more of that currency in in my Street Fighter V game, right? Okay. And, you know, like, it's it's adding these things, again, like the frequent flyer miles uh, example, like using your credit card to, you know, to get bonus points, that kind of thing, like, that. that's what I'm seeing, and now it's going directly into my game, right? And... And that one really surprised me yesterday because, of course, that's what we were going to talk about today. So I definitely see a lot of potential for this happening. I see, again, like the Coke and Pepsi example, you know, it can get disgusting. But, I mean, <laughs> and, we, and we've actually seen that in the past, like Mountain Dew and, yeah, get these skins for Destiny. Yeah, the player codes underneath the bottle caps. Yeah, yeah. But, again, that's not doing anything. That's like – that is buying something, right? That's like very clear um, – marketing, right? Like spend mm-hmm. money, but like not having to spend money, like you can spend money now to, to improve in, in many, many different games, right? Play to win is a real thing, but this idea of having all these other elements, like, I don't know, like I started using a, something called a toggle timer recently to to kind of track how much time I'm spending on different projects and editing podcasts. <laughs> and, and, you know, what if you like, you could beat your time there and that gives you a bonus in something else because that company has a deal with a game company. Like all those things are possible and I see the potential. I definitely see a potential for harm, but I see a potential for, you know, the, the kind of uh, like it It makes my monotonous job a little better if I know that by doing something in a certain way, um, I can, it'll benefit me in this other thing that I actually do care about. Yeah, I, I think uh, some of my hesitancy comes from the my favorite word gamification and the idea of just giving you like points for stuff that doesn't matter is really frustrating. And I think what he's getting at in this article is the next step beyond that is that the points that you earn now have meaning, which I think is a, a good step. Cause that's definitely the number one criticism, uh, at least for me of gamification is that, yeah, you got all these badges, but they don't mean any, like there's no meaningful play involved. It's just all, all hollow and, you know, really depressing. So I, I like the idea of when you talked about cross-platform and being able to just have an experience wherever you go. I, I think what still kind of holds me up is that there was never any caveat about as long as you want it. The the way it was written or the way he spoke, at least to me, gave the impression of, you know, games are going to be there in almost an intrusive way. Uh, it made me think of Minority Report. When uh, Tom Cruise goes into the store and all those pillars light up, recognize it's him and start making recommendations and how those skinny jeans fit. And, you know, you can really see it becoming intrusive. But I also, you know, as we do here on, on Headshots, we try to see both sides. So I also love the idea. This Fitbit thing, I think, is fantastic. You know, if it's going to motivate people to be more active and get more steps, I think that's I think that's really great. What I would like to see more of is less competition as motivation, or at least a more diversity of motivation. Because um, right now, as, as far as I can tell, most of these games that transcend platforms that we're seeing, 
it's all based on, you know, beat your best score or beat your friend's score. Or, you know, in the case of the the two uh, NBA 2K17, you know, get an advantage over other players. And I think that's great. I'm a very competitive person and I know a lot of people are, but I also feel like there's so much more that you could do beyond using competition as the as the carrot and stick to motivate people to do something. And it gets into this idea of, uh, you know, in psychology, we talk about intrinsic motivation, doing something because it feels good versus extrinsic motivation, which is when you are prompted by external rewards to do something. So like a paycheck is extrinsic motivation, whereas going running because you love to run is intrinsic. And it, it creates this very interesting dynamic because we know from research that if you add an extrinsic layer onto something that somebody found intrinsically rewarding, it loses its intrinsic value. So for example, if you enjoy running and then you are paid to run over time, you will no longer run for fun. You used to do it for the pure enjoyment of it, but now that you're getting paid, it changes the value structure of that activity. So giving someone plus five bonus points for hitting their Fitbit goal is great. I think that's a very clever thing to do. I love seeing the cross uh, pollination of these two things that seem to go hand in hand really well. But then I also worry about, okay, well, what happens next? Are you are you rewarding somebody for something they are doing inherently, or is this more of a of a nudge to help get them to that point to increase maybe intrinsic motivation along the way? And I, I think it's ripe for a great psychology experiment. So. Someone, someone should do that. <laughs> so let's let's see examples of, of like the the way that many people play right now. Um, let's take a look at. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to speak your language. Let me know if I'm if I'm saying this these things correctly. Okay. What, what, what language are we speaking? Halo. I'm gonna try Halo. to speak Halo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> and gotcha. um, so people buy rec packs, right? They do. People spend money on that, right? And Some people in MPA, do. Some people do, right? And and here's where I'm getting it. Um, in, in NBA 2K17, it's one of these games, like many games, where you can buy these digital currencies, right? Digital currency is not uh, uh, a new thing, right? And and it was really uh, strange for me, especially during the summer, to interact with, with kids who were – the way they were playing the game was built upon using these – like buying boosts and doing all of these things. Like they weren't just going straight through, right? Like they were – they were budgeting their money and their playtime so that they could get these boost packs, et cetera, et cetera. The same way like you would use rec packs in, in, um, in Halo and, and a whole bunch of other games, right? So if that's something that you're already going to do and now you have an opportunity to do that without having to pay the money, that adds a whole other layer to it, right? Because we're not talking about introducing something that's completely foreign, right? These stat boosts in NBA 2K17 are possible without using a Fitbit. But now you have another way of doing it. And maybe it's like, hey, you know, like there is this this very interesting um, uh, like motivation going on if you're thinking, hey, instead of spending the $5 this week on boosts like I was planning, maybe I could just, you know, go the long way home every day and do it that way. I wonder if I could do that, right? Like you're, you, you, you're even kind of setting yourself up for, for these new challenges that you're building around um, these things. So even, even one of the examples that he gave that was uh, in, in the interview that he gave that was one of the weirdest ones, which was depending on how much food you had in the fridge, that would affect 
the food in your Sims fridge. Yeah. Right? So, and I, I get what he's saying, but that's still one of those things where, I mean, you would opt in, right? First first of all, you're opting in to, to the Sims. Second of all, you're opting in to an egg uh, sensor, which is a real thing. You can buy like a Bluetooth egg sensor and it'll text you uh, when your eggs are low <laughs> in your fridge. Um, so you'd have to opt into that. You'd have to opt into connecting them and like getting the bonus, right? So I don't see things of, as being, I don't see this as being intrusive, right? In in the way that you mentioned, I I can imagine ways that it could be, but there's still like so many layers of opt-in and there's still so many different games. So something like um, World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy XIV, right? Where it's, a, it's constant, you're always there, you're always going through there. I mean, you're thinking about it when you're at work, <laughs> right? Or is there anything you could do to help that? And the last time I really felt like that was with Pokemon Go. I remember setting it up uh, like next to my computer monitor at work, uh, waiting to see, you know, if like if, if any Pokemon popped up. And you're kind of watching, you know, to make sure. And then I would set it up while I was walking to work to make sure that I got those steps in, to make sure that it, I, I could, I could, you know. It, it, of course, in Pokemon, that's the way you play that game. Pokemon Go, anyway, yeah. that's the way you play the game. But I don't know. Like, I, I don't see it as being necessarily – I don't see a world where those things are intrusive and you couldn't turn them off. I see it all as opt-in. Yeah, I think that's my biggest criticism is that when he was talking, there was never, he, he never mentioned opt-in. He's like, this is the way it will be. And I, I find that a little bit, a little bit grandiose for, for my taste. Uh, but there, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely Why right. Why do you there hate are... EA? Why do you hate EA so much? I'm well, kidding. I'm kidding. Well, if we want to, no, I don't, I don't have any, <laughs> I don't actually have any strong feelings either way. I just, um... I mean, there was also at the end of that article, there were two questions, which I, I totally give credit to the interviewer, Chris Plant. He talked about diversity in, in the games that EA is producing. And I was like, oh, this will be great. And Wilson just gave really boilerplate responses without any actual like steps that he or EA has taken to increase diversity or representation. So maybe I'm a little, maybe I'm a little salty after reading that. Like, okay, you are at least acknowledging that there's a problem and saying that it needs to get better, but you're not actually sharing or talking about how you're actually working to change that. It's one of the biggest game companies and game producing companies in the United States, if not the world. Like it, it felt very um, like just a very PR answer. So that I totally will own to my own um, maybe biases at this point as to <laughs> where this guy is coming from. And I mean, I, I guess genuinely it, it, that interview came off to me as, as marketing. And I, I mean, it should, he's the CEO. He's trying to cast this grand narrative for his game franchise. And I, I guess I didn't buy it. Um, but the, the ideas that are, that are in there, like the idea of an egg thing affecting my, my farmville or, or whatever, you know, I, I could see how if that was your thing, that that would be great. Like if that's exactly. what you wanted and you wanted to opt in, I I like that idea. I feel like at least for me personally, there's a limit to how many games I can juggle at once. So, for example, I'm playing this game called, um, oh my gosh, Bakery Blitz. There we go. It was a long night. This game called Bakery Blitz, and it's definitely a pay-to-play. Like, I can get stuck on a level, and I can do everything right. I can serve all my customers with 100% hearts and, and earn all the money and still not progress because the random generator didn't give me 
you know, I needed to make five ice cream cones, but only three people asked for ice cream cones. And so I automatically feel the level, even though it's not within my power to change it. And yeah, yes, it's totally pay to play. And it would be really cool if there was something like, hey, if you go home and bake a cake, we'll give you plus five points. So you don't actually have to pay us, but that would be paying somebody else because I'd have to buy the ingredients. Or even something along the line, it might not be for, for Bakery Blitz, but you know, hey, if you donate something to Goodwill and, and share the receipt barcode, this will happen. And I think that's what I was getting to earlier, was the idea that it all seems really competition-based, and that makes me a little bit uncomfortable, just because I, I am a big fan of like collaborative and intrinsic motivated play. So, you know, if, or, or even setting it up of, okay, I really, okay, let me, let me rephrase. My nephew's birthday is in October and I still have his birthday presents because I hate going to the post office (laughs) and, and the present is too big to use stamps.com. But yeah, like I hate going to the post office. So if there was something even like, Hey, set a challenge that is something you don't want to do. And then when you do it, I'll give you rec points in Halo or I'll unlock this bakery blitz level for you. I think to me that would be a lot more meaningful if I got to pick what my challenge was and then pick how the reward was applied. And I, I know that's probably a bit beyond uh, where we're at, but I think it does speak to what uh, Wilson was saying about all of these consoles and tablets and mobile and all these different devices coexisting you know i why why can't i have these things just share the way i want them to the way i can with a lot of other apps you know like my my photos and whatnot see i don't see that as out of the realm of of possibility like um one one thing for example in that game you're playing i'm guessing that there's a way for you to watch an ad and get a bonus you can watch you can watch an ad but you can only watch like one or two at a time and you need 10 energy to run one level <laughs> right it's, but there's it's pretty bad yeah yeah but the, a lot of these games right that's what they do it's like hey you get a freebie every day you want another freebie watch an ad you can watch another ad in 5 minutes right but now you're look you're seeing companies are saying something like hey you know like your example of the of of donating something, right? That could give you bonus points. There's a very clear social mission, right? There's a there's a social agenda there uh, to to doing it that way, and that's what I see NBA 2K17 doing, right? And and again, I'm I'm not sure what exactly you mean by the by the competition based or only it being competition because like for for Pokemon that's that's something that like that's a huge single player game. Um, NBA 2K17 has a has a single player game, and you're building out like this special character that you have, and it's only one character, right? You still have to even if you play online, you're playing with a full team, and and there's different ways to to do it, right? It seems to like be just something to enhance your game, and Something that's been really, really cool to see in in recent years is RPGs being able to having these sliders to allow you to modify things like random encounters. So I remember the first game I saw that did this was uh, a game called it's on the 3DS called the Bravely Default, and it actually has a slider. You you just say no, I want less random encounters, or I want more random encounters, and that completely changes the way that an RPG feels. Like one of the most either rewarding or annoying or both things about an RPG is the grind, right? And then you're just mm-hmm. walking and something pops up and now you have to fight it, whether you want to or not, right? You could run away, but 
it's still annoying. So you can actually, I think you can turn them all the way off in Bravely Default. And again, now you're playing a completely different game. But you're also changing the, there are consequences to that, right? Because now, well, there's less opportunities for me to get XP, but now it's more intentional. Now when, when I want to get into a fight, I'll get into a fight. And more and more, I think we see games like that. Again, a game like Pokemon Go where you play when you want to play, right? You have to play by going outside or walking around, and and there's, that's very intentional. There isn't a specific time to play. There isn't necessarily, um, you know, it's not, nothing really feels forced upon you. You're always opting in. And I see more and more games having all of these, you know, there's more difficulty levels. There's more aspects for you to change. And unfortunately, right now, a lot of that is modified through through money, right? Through an actual mm-hmm. expense where you can skip ahead or, you know, get a boost or do all these kind of things. But it's still optional. You know, it's it's up to you if you want to do that kind of thing. And and it again, with more and more options, companies that do have this I don't know, you know, maybe someone said like I want to do something for the community and and they want you to exercise more. They want you to you know, there's different there's different ways I, that I can imagine for that to happen, but it's it's really possible, and it would be really interesting to see how different companies do it. And so, right now, the only I believe the only NBA game is I don't think EA does NBA games anymore, right? Um, but let's say that they still did. Let's say that there's always more than one um, sports game every year for for all the major leagues. And one company does something like that. Is the other company going to like in response to 2K? Is EA going to do something similar, or are they going to I don't know continue the pay to play route? You know, it, it'll be it'll be an interesting. Um, market to watch as these things start adding up. And one thing that never never came to be, but is going to be a big part of this conversation is Nintendo, because two of the examples we've given, right, are Pokemon, the Pokewalker, Pokemon Go. And now the Nintendo Switch is completely portable, right? You, you take it with you, you set it up, it's your home console, it's also your portable console. You can dock it here, you can dock it there. There's these little controllers that move and, and uh, have accelerometers in them so they can measure activity. There are all these possibilities for more and more integration with, what, you know, with your real world. But Nintendo, a couple of years ago, they announced this initiative, which never came to be, but they said they were going to have a quality of life initiative. Mm-hmm. And they were going to release products to improve quality of life. And they never, they were never clear about their intentions in terms of how one thing would help another. But they did, for a little while, there was something about a heart sensor and that was connected to a Wii. But then for the quality of life itself, they announced a sleep monitor. And that it never came out, but they've shown these these ideas, right? And they had the the Wii Fit, the Wii U Fit, or the Wii Fit U, and those things are built upon like making you healthier, supposedly, right? By, by doing physical activity and the quality of life stuff. Who knows what they were thinking? Like, how could you integrate? I don't know. Maybe they're measuring the way that the game affects your sleep patterns. Right, because I don't think they would reward you in the game for sleeping better. You don't necessarily, because that sounds kind of weird. But they could. You know, there's all these different areas. Where once you start integrating other devices or other parts of your life, the the possibilities are very, very interesting. And I think the potential for good is 
is huge. Now, how pervasive, how um, indiscreet those things are going to be, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know exactly what that future would look like. But again, Ready Player One is uh, like one possibility of that, where it's all just together. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's over time. We're going to see how it goes. But I would say by 2021, as the, as the article predicted, um, you know, the idea that games are more, are more prevalent is, is not a shock. I don't think it's a, a very dramatic prediction of what the next, uh, the next few years will hold. But I, I am interested to see more of this Fitbit NBA 2K17 integration. I'm really interested to see if they'll share the data that comes out of that, because that would be fascinating to me about, did people really up their, their Fitbit? Did they more reliably meet their Fitbit goals? Did they Was this behavior maintained over a long period of time? Or like most Fitbit used, did it you know, drop off after about two or three months, like dramatically? You know, how can we apply this to to other aspects of um, our life. Like if you, I don't know, if there's some way to track, you know, your your heart rate, if you're able to, if you feel your, your heart rate gets up, you get an alert and you're able to calm yourself down. Maybe that translates into, I don't know, stealth mode in Halo. You know, that would be pretty cool because you got to be chill, calm and collected. And, you know, I, I think that's the last thing I guess I'll say is the one of the biggest challenges I see going forward is finding places where these two things naturally overlap. So for example, the Fitbit and the NBA 2K or any sports game makes sense. Fitbit, health, walking, physical activity, it translates well to the idea of why it would have an impact in that game. But for something like, you know, hey, get 10,000 steps and you'll get a, a free boost in bakery blitz. That to me just feels purely like marketing because there's really no tie-in. So I'm I'm very interested to see going forward what companies do with these crossovers, and I, I really am looking forward to having more access um, to different platforms. You know, I would love to be able to play Sony games on my Xbox. I would love to be able to chat with people on PlayStation from my Xbox. Uh, you know, I would love to be able to to do things like that. And I think that's where we're headed. And maybe that's ultimately what the article is is getting at. Um, but yeah, so that's, I guess, my uh, my cautiously optimistic view for the future. <laughs> Again, the words that he used were indiscreet, right? The idea that it's not it's not just prevalent. It's not just that games are everywhere. It's that you're kind of playing them when you're not thinking about it. And, you know, something like, imagine that in Halo 7... Cortana is on your um, smartwatch and is giving you updates throughout the day on this, like, uh, I don't know. In Halo, maybe you wouldn't have a farm, but you might have, like, some sort of... uh, (laughs) I want a Halo farm. Right, but it would be, like, um, uh, it would be kind of like Halo Wars and you're sending troops out to battle, right? Uh, Oh, Assassin's Creed did this really well with uh, Assassin's Creed 4. You would... You essentially built out a fleet, and then that game you could play it within the game, or you could play it on a on a smartphone or a yeah. tablet. And then you would send your ships out to do runs, and it would take hours. And then you could monitor that, right? And then I, it always felt like I was playing the game, even though I wasn't in front of the game, because I believe it's called asynchronous gameplay. But uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, like, it is it it's. This the term that he used, right? Indiscreet. Like I, I, I get what he's saying, right? And and to something you said um, just now about like, well, you know, will the ten thousand steps will they help me in bakery blitz? Well, what if they? What if you want them to? Right? What if the idea is that there's a platform where you 
by doing your exercise, like just like you use a ca- uh, credit card and those bonus points, you put them wherever you want. What if Fitbit becomes a platform where now those points go to whatever game you want? And then the, the companies who want in, again, I think that's like there's a social mission there, right? Like, yeah, I, we're all about getting, you know, people to exercise more. There's obviously a marketing advantage and it's advertising and all that. But to opt into something like that, I mean, you could just say no. You could just say, no, I don't want to encourage people to exercise. <laughs> I don't want them to benefit in my game by doing exercises in real life. Forget that. You know, those are all options. And and these these little examples, and again, and Pokemon Go is huge. Like in two years, we're going to see a lot of, uh, people trying to do that more and more and integrating the different things that worked in Pokemon Go to and, and those things are going to be everywhere. Again, I think it goes beyond gamification. I think it uh, it's I, I think he's he's onto something. That's what I'm saying. Not that I want to see that future necessarily, but I think he's onto something. Well, I, I think he's restating stuff that's already out there, but that's fine. You know, that's that's fine. We can we can agree or disagree. It's all right. You and I are disagreeing lately, and I love it. It's way lately. more fun. Way more <laughs> lately, fun. wait a minute. <laughs> when do we ever agree? Oh, sure. Okay, sure. we do. We do sometimes. Games are awesome. Sometimes we enjoy yeah. playing them. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Headshots. For more Headshots, visit headshotspodcast.com at headshotscast on Twitter. I'm Josue A. Cardona on Twitter. Kelly is Kelly and Dunlap on Twitter. Thank you all for tuning in and we will catch up with you guys in two weeks. So happy gaming. 